Welcome to another episode of Laugh Not to Cry. I'm your host, Jeremy GJ, and I know this is coming out a little late, but you know, the thing is, I work a lot, and sometimes when I get home, I'm just too burnt out to even think, let alone speak. So that's what happened this week, and I'm still pretty tired, but for the people who have been rocking with me, I appreciate you so much, and it's only right that I give you some content this week, especially since I went like two weeks without doing anything. So here we go. Um, let's, you know, as we do, jump right into it. Um, so this first topic I have today is know your worth. So this job that I work at is, uh, for less of a better term, a pain in the ass. Um, and there's, there's only so much a person can take in a job before they just start to lose their mind. And I'm reaching that point and I've only been at this job for about three months. So just to give you a point of reference, I worked at my prior job for about a year before I reached my tipping point. But, you know, that job was way more comfy and had a lot more benefits and things of that nature. And I wasn't doing anything too physical or you know, physically exerting. So it wasn't that bad and it was easier to hold on. But this job, I spend most of my time lifting people's heavy, heavy furniture. Side note, wild cherry oak. Beautiful, beautiful stuff to make furniture out of. Very freaking heavy. If you have any of that, just just know I loathe you. Um, but your furniture is beautiful. Just don't ask me to move it. Um, so, but I spend a lot of time lifting heavy furniture, lifting heavy boxes, and still having to be the face of the company, be chipper and polite and cordial and all these other things. Um, ooh, that, that gave me a big spike on that P and polite. So let me turn down the gain a little bit. Um, so, um, yeah, so I spend a lot of time doing that stuff. And then I have to come back and have people yelling in my face instead of just asking me questions and communicating with me. Yeah, I don't, I don't appreciate that at all. Um, so I think my time at this moving company is going to be coming up very shortly. I will be out of there finding somewhere else to go. Um, and the main thing that is bugging me at this point right now is that I do not feel like I am being treated worthy of the level of employee that I am at this place. I I go above and beyond and I do the best that I can for customers. And I know for a fact that other people don't do that because we switch crews almost every day. So knowing that I go this extra mile because for me, it's not just about, you know, doing a good job. It's just like part of my work ethic is to have integrity, you know, and I want to treat people's stuff like how I would want my trust, my stuff treated if I were to have a moving company come in and you know, move my things, which I wouldn't do unless I necessarily had to now that I work for one. But if I had to, like, I would want them to treat my stuff, even if it looks cheap to them, 
I would want them to treat my stuff with the utmost respect. And so that's what I try to do for our customers. And the clientele that we serve are, you know, usually like upper middle class, like quote unquote low upper class. So um, we do get some people who are like middle, middle class, low middle class sometimes, but usually it's people with quite a bit of money that we're moving. So it only behooves us to take care of their stuff, right? And, you know, in this industry, damages are a thing, you know, and they will happen no matter how how professional you are, how much time and care you're taking to it. Sometimes something just happens and you're just not lucky that day and something will happen. And, you know, when those things happen, I am one of the few people who take responsibility up front. I'll tell the customer, I'll tell my supervisors, I'll, you know, when we check out, I'll make sure that it's noted so they get the information so they can call the claims department. And it's like, if you see me being proactive and doing all this stuff, then why would you go out of your way to try to make me feel bad about this stuff when I obviously already feel some type of way because I'm trying my best to let you know that it happened and that I am being proactive about it rather than you having to hear from the customer later about it. So that's one thing that really irritates me is that when they have they have good employees and instead of, you know, treating their employees like the good employees they are and giving cutting them a little slack when they see that they're working hard and trying to do their best they're trying to do this whole like i'm gonna sit on you so you don't make the mistake again and what that does is it turns good employees into bad employees because now all that effort that was put into trying to do the best that we can we don't want to do it anymore because it's not being recognized it's not you know being honored it's not being you know taken into account when a mistake happens so that and then two they just don't pay enough for the amount of responsibilities they're trying to give people and the amount of excuses that they give for why they don't pay people more is just asinine to me and it just it boils down to this i am a driver right and so by definition since i'm a driver that makes me a crew lead so that means i'm somebody who has to handle all the paperwork i have to interact with the customer make sure the customer's happy making sure that furniture is wrapped properly, making sure it gets on the truck properly, blah, 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 right? But to me, that means, okay, I make sure the furniture's taken care of, I make sure everything gets on the truck that the customer asked for, I make sure the customer's happy, right? In that distinction, as a crew lead, I do not take that as I am a trainer for new employees, I do not take that as I am responsible for babysitting other employees. Those are not my job. Those are not in my job description, right? Because I am not there to babysit and supervise. I am actually helping move furniture, so I'm a mover. But I'm, oh, come on, Charlie. Don't do that. Don't do that, Charlie. Charlie. Oh, my goodness, Charlie. Well, you're just going to hear Charlie barking a little bit in the background. That's our neighbor's dog. He's outside, and I think he's cold, and he's ready to come in, and his owners are not listening. So, um, but like I said, I don't do any edits, so I'm not going to cut it out. You're just going to have a nice little pupper barking in the background for a little bit. So, um, yeah, so I don't take that 
as I need to train people or teach them how to do things properly. That's not my job as a leader is to, of course, like help them if they ask questions or make sure that things get on the truck and, you know, lead them and guide them in certain ways. Right. But it's not my responsibility to train them, because if it were, you need to pay me more than what you're paying me because I didn't get properly trained to do any of my job. I kind of had to watch and then get fussed at by people and then it got right but that's not training that's i wouldn't consider that training training to me is taking somebody aside outside of a work environment and giving them the tools and then working with them with the tools so they can figure out how to do said job right so in so for instance for this job if there's a specific way you want us to wrap furniture i should not be learning that on the job i should be at the office with a piece of furniture and a moving blanket and you should be showing me how it should be folded how it should be taped how it should be shrinked so that when I go out on the job and I get in the situation I know how to do it right I'm not just thrown to the wolves and then we're in the middle of a big job and I don't know what to do and now I've done something wrong now someone's upset because I haven't been trained and so they they don't necessarily have the time to stop to teach me this stuff because they are also trying to get the things on the truck right so it it frustrates me to no end that they try to come back on us later the crew leaves and they're like well it's in your name because you're the crew lead so you should have made sure blah 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 but for some people these people who always are talking about how they have so much experience my boss always talked about how he has 20 years of experience in the moving industry it's just like okay that means very little um if you don't do your job well right that doesn't mean you were a good mover for 20 years it doesn't make you a good manager now because you are the operations manager and you are not teaching operations right you're not teaching people policy. You're not teaching people how to do protocol, follow protocol. You're not teaching people how to drive the trucks. You're also over fleet and you don't clean the trucks like you're supposed to. Now, uh, we're in the middle of a pandemic and none of the COVID-19 standards are being followed. So there might be an anonymous tip going to the BBB, but, you know, or the CDC, but who knows? Mm, that's neither here nor there. But anyways, um, yeah, just how are you expecting me to babysit these people, but also organize your truck, but also talk to the customer, but also fill out paperwork, but also, like, if you want me to do all those things, I need to be making over 20 an hour on my base pay, not including tips, right? Because that is going above and beyond my crew my position my title my job is to get as a driver is to get the truck there as a crew lead and as a mover to get the stuff on the truck and get the stuff off the truck and part of that is wrapping and padding and all that good stuff absolutely but it's not my job to have a guy come in on his second day on a ten thousand pound move and for me to teach him how to do that and that's where I'm going to wrap that back into like knowing your worth. My worth 
knowing my worth in this situation is that I know that I am worth more than what they're paying me currently to do all of the tasks that they are trying to assign me while I'm in the middle of a job. Because it just doesn't make sense, right? And I make 17 an hour as a driver, right? So if you want me to go, one, I should have been got a pay rate for becoming a crew lead. And if you wanted me to crew lead and train, there should have been another jump in pay, right? But yet I am at crew lead position making driver money. That doesn't add up. And from what I've been hearing from other people who have brought this up to them is that they just come up with half a million excuses as to why they can't pay us more. And I'm not going to subject myself to that because there's it's just going to frustrate me and I will say something I shouldn't. So instead of going down that line because I really don't want to have any more ties with this com- company, I'll just find a new job. And that's just... That's me finding my worth. That's me knowing my worth. That's the same reason I left my last job. They were not utilizing me properly. And no one really respected what I did, even though it was integral to the operations of the university since it was such a big school and they're, well, big, quote unquote. But they were so big on sports and field trips and making sure that students went places. And my whole job was taking care of the fleet. How the fleet of vehicles they use for the set field trips and sports games so how do you not respect a person who is doing all of those things and paying them accordingly or asking them to do all these other things outside of their job title and then not willing to compensate for that no we live in we live in this world where people with full-time jobs still have to get part-time jobs to make ends meet or to even try to save a little bit of money in for in case of a rainy day so i am i've i've had multiple jobs since i graduated undergrad and the fact that i had a full-time job and still felt like i had to have another job just to supplement income which just didn't make any sense to me right Granted, my second job is something I enjoy doing. I enjoy teaching. I enjoy doing all that. But I also felt like I had to have that job. I felt like if I didn't have that job, I wouldn't have not made my ends meet. So, and with this job, especially now that it's slowing down and, you know, people don't really want to move because it's winter time, my ends are not being met as easily. Tips are becoming a little bit more scarce around this holiday season because people are penny pinching. And so what you're paying me to do is not worth what I bring to the table and what I'm actually doing. Right. So just if you're at a job and you feel like they're not they're not paying you with your worth or they're not speaking to you how you feel like you're worthy of being spoke to or be treated create your exit plan immediately don't wait until you're super bitter and super jaded and you know you get escorted out the building because you did something out of character no 
create your exit plan have it ready search for that new job and i know the specific is is particularly hard right now because of the pandemic but there are plenty of jobs they're still hiring um find it find one keep in mind that it might just be a temporary thing and get out of there and so that same rule applies with relationships so if you're it doesn't matter if it's a platonic or a romantic relationship know your worth within that relationship it is one thing to have a friend that you know is you know kind of kind of despondent regularly right so i have a friend and she disappears for weeks sometimes like a month at a time and i don't hear from her and then she'll hit me up or i'll hit her up and i'll think about her and we'll talk and it's good and then she'll be gone again right that's fine those type of relationships you know you understand the pattern and it's not just them disappearing because you know they don't want to talk to you or they're just being weird it's because they got things going on you're both busy people you miss each other you know you know communication is just not always there cool you understand that you understand that pattern it's a different thing when you are constantly reaching out to someone trying to forge a relationship or trying to continue a relationship and they are they are not responding to you they are not um, putting in as much effort as you are to that and you know people go through things and people um, have mental health issues people have work people have a life that's understood and it's granted but with the way that technology works now it's also just it takes a second to be like hey not ignoring you busy I'll talk to you when I can boom like wow that's that's clear that's concise understand got it cool right but it's also things like when you're the one who is always the one to initiate like going to hang out or meeting up or something like that that starts to wear on people because it's like why aren't you putting initiative in it or they only go when you say you're going to pay for it all right cool like i get it like people have hard times and rough times right but at some point there should be a balance there should be a moment where you're like hey they should be like hey you know you've done all this for me and let me take you out once when i get the money right the offer should at least be there at least in my opinion right and there should be like i don't know it's just a, a reciprocation of energy right there's i've gone through a number of things that I relationships that I thought were friendships that ended I would say abruptly because I felt like I was putting in the lion's share of energy into it and it just felt a lot like just take 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 and the energy wasn't given being given back and I don't mean like you have to spend money on me or you have to spend time necessarily on me but there was just not that same effort I was giving into it. So I just stopped, right? I just, I, I put my hands up. I said, cool, I love you from a distance. And that was the end of it. And like, 
you know, some people come back and they wonder what happened or people don't come back at all. And, you know, it just, you have to be aware of knowing how much you can take and how much, you know, how much you can give, right? How, how far is your cup running over, right? Because some people's cups are just, are just empty. They got a hole in the bottom, and if you keep pouring into it, they'll just keep taking it, right? Um, so don't don't overextend yourself for somebody who isn't putting in the minimum amount of effort for it to even be considered a relationship. Because all it is gonna all that is gonna do in the end is cause you stress and cause you anxiety and cause you um, insecurities and things of that nature. So, knowing your worth in your uh, platonic relationships, and it's the same thing with romantic. Like if you feel like you're doing a lion's share of the romance and you're going hard for this person, and you know, you're getting all this, doing all the thoughtful things for them that you know they enjoy, and then they are just not reciprocating, and they're not giving the energy back, and they're not, you know making an effort to love you the way you most need loved, then that's time to reevaluate it. If you haven't had a conversation with them, that's definitely time to have that conversation. If there's been multiple conversations, it's time to make your exit plan, right? Because that's how you end up in a a long-term relationship. That's how people end up in those long-term marriages where they're bitter, so very bitter. And they can't stand the sight of their spouse and they just live next to each other, but they don't love each other. They're just there and they doing it because they have kids or finances or whatever, right? Don't do that to yourself. If you don't feel like you're getting what you need out of the situation, then it's time to find your exit plan. If you're living together, you know, Find some way to get your funds together so you can move out or whatever it is that you need to do. Um, Because it's just going to eat at you and eat at you and eat at you over time. And it's just not going to be good for the long haul. Okay, so. That is an excellent segue into how I would deal with toxic family members. Shout out to my friend. Uh, Renee, aka Starshine, she'd be very mad if she heard me call her by her first name. But um, I feel like that is the same concept that you should employ with toxic family members. We all have this notion. At one point, I had this notion too that you know, blood is blood, you know, and you know, especially with parents, I was very much on the like, well, that's your mom, that's your dad. You should try to forgive, but. As I've grown up and learned, like sometimes it's just not that it's not that cut and dry, right? You have to know where your boundaries are and how much you can take. And there's different levels of toxicity, right? There's like just little petty things and, you know, things that can be dealt with with a conversation. And, you know, that doesn't those things you don't need to cut people off you just need to have that conversation it might be awkward but have the conversation right but then there's things like where a family member you know 
did something to you when you were younger, which we know is the case for most of those situations for like molestation and things of that nature. Um, you have no obligation to interact with those people because they caused you trauma. And just because they're family doesn't mean that you have to interact with them. So don't put yourself through that. Don't rehash your trauma to appease a family unit that didn't support you through a time of you going through something rough, right? Or didn't see the signs or didn't believe you, right? That is type of behavior I would say cut off. Like, you don't need that. And then there's like stuff like, I don't know, I don't have this issue, but I can under, understand how people would have this issue. And like, if you're like um, in a, like a mixed race family and you have family members that are racist and, you know, you don't need to deal with that energy. There's no reason to deal with that energy. Let them live their lives how they want to far over there. But don't subject yourself to that and you know that's especially important coming around these holiday times and holiday season and you know just being kind to yourself this holiday season um so don't don't engage with those and those people don't engage with those people you know only cause drama don't engage with those people you know in your family that you know don't have your best interests at heart because it does you no good in the long run. And all you're doing is feeding that nasty monster inside of them that makes them want to do those things. So um, that's, man, I'm just segueing right into my next topic so easily. So um, that's a part of being kind to yourself this holiday. And that's the next um, part I want to talk about is we are in the middle of a pandemic still. It has been going on for a while and people don't have money and people don't have jobs and people don't have resources and there's a lot of things missing that people normally would have around this time. So, um, with that being said, be kind to yourself. Um, you might not be able to get the most extravagant gifts for the people that you love this year. That's okay. You might not be able to afford to spend any energy, you know, even crafting something for your loved ones this year. That's okay. We are all dealing with this change in our norm differently. And we all have to respect that it's just not going to be the same as it was every other year, right? And so just be mindful of that and don't don't bash yourself if you're like, A, I really don't have money to get anybody anything this year because that's going to be a lot of people. And sometimes for the holidays, most of the time people just want to, just want your, just want your time. They just want your presence, right? And so... Just be there and be loving, be supportive, um, but also still be safe, wear your mask, social distance, because, you know, actually, I do, it, 
I, I was saying that through my teeth, but if we go into another lockdown, I I thrive in lockdown. I I have the most wonderful time. So, you know, I don't want you to catch COVID or, you know, get sick or anything. But if you cause me to go back into lockdown, I don't I don't really care. <laughs> I'm gonna be real with you because my couch is real comfy and there's plenty of anime out there in the world that I have not seen. So that's really how I feel about it, and that's kind of how. Um, it's not like I want to get COVID or anything, and I wear my mask. I wash my hands. I'm respectful. I try to social distance as much as possible, but I also know that if we were to go back into lockdown, I'd be okay. Because, I. I am probably the definition of a homebody now. The thought of leaving my apartment now. It just causes so much anxiety in the morning. And I'm just waiting for that big old federal stay your ass home. Because I will gladly do it. I will gladly do it. I don't miss people that much. I didn't really go out much before. I will, I will stay on my couch. But yes. But for, still, don't get, don't be out here acting reckless, getting your granny sick, out here, you know, doing whatever you want to, and then going home, spreading around, whatever. Don't do that. That's just gross. Make sure you're being safe. Make sure you're wearing your mask. Make sure you're washing your hands. Make sure you're, you know, still doing all the things you should have been doing since March. Um. And yeah, just just be kind to yourself. And just realize that, you know, hopefully this is not forever. And, you know, there will be a different time. And, you know, you just treat everyone later, you know, when you have the resources and the finances to do so. And you feel in your heart that you're ready to do so. You just do it at a later date. Be like your your presence in the mail it hasn't even been ordered yet, but this on its way eventually yeah so give yourself some slack um okay so for dance yes i got watching progress so this week well yesterday i had people come in to watch my advanced dance class do their do their dance and I've choreographed what I would consider a fairly difficult piece. Um, it's usually I choreograph a very cardio intensive piece, but this one also has some technique, a lot of technique in it, and level changes and um, direction changes. And you know, I'm asking them to put a lot of a lot of energy into it. And so we had their first showing. I think we're about somewhere between half and three quarters way done with the dance. Like we're we're moving at a decent pace, right? And so as I'm calling in like the studio owner to watch and some parents um, who help out with COVID testing and stuff, well, temperature checks and stuff in the studio, the younger kids come in also for the next class I have after the advanced class. So, you know, instead of having them just wait in the lobby, I have the few that's there come in and watch the advanced girls. And it was really really cool to watch how one the advanced girls turned on their like performative like stage presence 
version of the dance, but also to watch the little one's eyes light up watching them perform this dance, right? And like the utter amazement that they had and seeing like these big kids do all of this stuff. And, you know, as a, in like school and stuff, there's rarely an opportunity for younger students to watch older students do something like they are also doing, right? And so like most studio settings, you know, the younger kids don't get to see what the older kids do until it's on the stage. And, you know, I feel like, I feel like that's a, that's a detriment to a lot of the kids, right? Because all they see is the teacher and then, you know, then they see the final product of what the older kids look like at the end. They don't see the older kids struggle through. They don't see the older kids part way through when they're still cleaning. They just see the clean and perfected version of it. And I think the idea of watching progression through any medium is really important because it gives uh, amateurs and younger people who are like fresh to something, something to look to, right? And so like I use that for those young kids, like you see how they were all dancing together. You see how much energy they had. You see how, you know, they were on the right counts and stuff. And they're like, yeah, 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 yeah. And then, like, when we went to class, like, they were so much more focused because they, and I was like, this could be, this could be you. This could be, you could be doing this stuff, this intricate, crazy stuff that you don't know how they're doing in a few years if you apply yourself like these students have. And they're like, yes, we get it. Like, they understood and they were, like, really trying their best in class so that they could be all together and, you know, working on their accounts and doing that things of that nature. And so I think watching the progression like especially for like younger to older having younger kids watch older kids or watching a novice watch a professional is so important because it it motivates you it kind of it gets you to a place where you're like ooh, i want to know how they do that i want to figure out how i can be in the same world understanding the same language you know, moving like that person just was. And I feel like that's, we need to push that more. We need to go take a fifth grader and take them to a high school class, like high school math class, and show them how, you know, even though that they're, they're quote-unquote big kids, they still have trouble and that they still need to ask for help and that they still need to be, um, they still need to be engaging and um, asking questions and being aware that they need help and that it's okay that to struggle sometimes and it's okay that, that you know you don't know everything right away and I think that's a lot of things that's the same thing as like jumping from like a teenager to an adult and making sure that teenagers have people in their lives that they can look up to and see like you know you know you see you're like 30 40 50 for some people 60 year old parent and they look polished but that's because they've had years and years and years of you know the world 
rubbing down those edges and giving them life lessons and um no getting them prepared for this world the best that they could be prepared for it and so as a teenager you're looking up to them and you're like all right well i guess i'm just supposed to go out and know how to do this already but it's important for like parents to also show like no understand that there is a learning curve and it's steep and these are the things and tools that you can use to better help you and you know some of those skills you should definitely be learning in high school like how to balance your finances and all that stuff it shouldn't be elective it should be required um but um but also having those inspirational role model types in your life to show you and guide you and help you understand that yeah it's a process but it's a process that will not necessarily get easier but will seem easier because you understand more over time and here are some starter tools to help you along that way um so yeah just and even for your own personal growth go back and you know revisit times and like memories are not the greatest things because we you know convolute them all the time but no go back if you're like an artist, go back, look at your old art, and then do a progression. Watch a progress, like watch the progression of your art, and see how much, you know, it's changed, and how much, um, how much difference in it. If you're a singer, like, has your timbre changed? Has recognizing pitch changed? If you're like a, like a fine artist, like, how have your brushstrokes changed? How have your whatever medium you do in fine art, how has that changed? How has your craft changed? If you're a dancer, how have your how has your dance awareness become better? How has your spatial awareness become better? How has your choreography skills, how have those progressed? You know, watch, go back. It's the hardest thing to do. It's the hardest thing to do to, to go back and, you know, revisit all those times because it feels cringy because you're like, Ugh, this is not perfect. It doesn't feel great. But whatever your craft is, go back, look at where you started to where you are now. And, if you've been on it and you've been, you know, wholeheartedly devoted to it, you're more likely to see that you've just been progressing and progressing and progressing. And you might not be where you want to be, but you're far closer than you were. And that I hope hopefully that will be motivating for you to continue to keep growing and doing better and diving deeper into whatever it is. Who? Yeah. Um. That was a mouthful, and I'm glad I got it out. Um, mm, don't really have too much for tech. Um, no, not really. I sit and I watch tech reviews and all those things, and I enjoy it, but I am trying to be physically responsible with my um, let me make sure I'm saying that right. Physically responsible with my money. So I am not um, investing in any tech. I got my camera fixed and I got a new case. So I feel like I got a whole new phone. So I've gotten over myself. Um, but I'm still looking at phones. But I more than likely won't buy one. Um, well, maybe I'll upgrade once I've paid this one off. But 
Um, I've also been looking at laptops and Chromebooks and things because my my precious baby that I record this podcast on, you know, she's she's getting up there. She's almost a decade old and she's running fine, but you never know with technology when it decides it's just going to die. So keeping an eye out for that and um, just holding out hope that if she decides to go, I just have the money to replace her immediately. Um, and then in the anime sector, I watched the first episode of the final season of Attack on Titan. Pretty, pretty cool stuff, I would have to say. Love the art still. Um, storyline still convoluted as ever, but, you know, I'm sure some pieces will be filled in. I'm thinking about going back and watching it from the beginning again, <laughs> since there's always such a large gap between when the seasons come out and making sure that I am, like, it's fresh in my mind, all the puzzle pieces, um, so I can see the picture as I'm watching this final season. So that's probably something I'm going to do. Um, still on this, on this seemingly never-ending One Piece train, and got my roommate sort of hooked she doesn't watch but you know when she hears luffy come on and start talking she's like oh luffy and you know she tunes in just a little bit but um pretty cool that way um other than that i haven't been watching too much anime i'm still watching half and half because it just i don't know it's just something about seeing black women on tv just live and no, you are young black women just exploring the world and learning how to live in the world. And, you know, I don't know. It's just really interesting to me. And I just think it's a good show. It's a little corny. But, you know, that was all early 2000s sitcoms. Um, and this one just was like tailored for us. So I appreciate that immensely. Um, So, yeah, I don't have don't have too much more to talk about actually i have nothing more to talk about so i'm gonna wrap it up always thank you for listening um i appreciate it and you know if you are enjoying the podcast please share it out let people know bring people into our little family our little guild our little whatever this is um and you know you can always reach me on you know the all the various pages we have we have a facebook page now at laugh not to cry we got the twitter at laugh not to cry p1 and we have uh insta at laugh underscore not underscore two underscore cry and yeah reach out if you have any comments suggestions questions topics i would love to hear if anyone has any topics i love like crowdsourcing it's one of my favorite things to do i love collaborative things so um yeah and that's that's all i got for today so i will chat with you next time peace